passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Welcome to Believe in 76ers with your host, former 76ers point guard Eric Snow and two Sixers fanatics in Marcus and Tasia Dash. Believe in 76ers is presented by betonline.ag. Our partners at BetOnline continue to be the number one source for all your sports betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, including updated odds on the NBA playoffs, fights, and even next season's futures. And don't forget that the MLB is back as well. And who are you picking to win the World Series? I'm picking the Royals, but I don't think that's going to work out, but we'll see. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino and poker games. It's super easy to get started, so head to the website today or use your mobile device to join and use our promo code BELIEVE. That's B-L-E-A-V to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, where the game starts. Hey guys, welcome back. A, a long week off. You know, we let the two games roll. Uh, welcome to the 76ers podcast. I'm Marcus Dash. I'm here with our former legendary 76ers point guard, Eric Snow, and my brother, Tasia Dash. How you guys doing? Doing good. Yourself? Good. good. Can't complain. Can't complain. Um, before we get into the uh, talk about the games over the last uh, last week, but I gotta say, uh, kudos to TNT for going out and getting Gus Johnson to call the game last yeah. night. I Gus thought that was awesome. that's fantastic. I got you know I save um, you know he did some of my son's football games, so I always saved the um, parts in, <laughs> in in kind of they had a little, little video of the sections when he's hyping it up, especially when they win. Mm-hmm. So he did um, when they did their the game when they played. Um, the other team down the road. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> um, that was awesome. You know what I'm saying? Just, you know, you kind of hear his voice and he's, and on top of that, he's a really nice guy. So, mm-hmm. but I, I enjoy him calling games. He's called basketball pro games before. He's just been a long time. Right. Well, yeah. yeah I, I came call- out of nowhere. They're like, they said his name and we were like, yeah. Yeah. Gus Johnson. Been a while. Well, you can see, he call he calls like, he calls Milwaukee Bucks games, some, some games during the season, uh, but he's not consistent uh, NBA games yeah. uh, nowadays. And um, like when, uh, I guess, Sunday night when they released the uh, who's going to be calling games for the rest of the week, yeah. TNT just slipped in uh, Gus Johnson, didn't make a big <laughs> announcement about it. And I was like, what? Gus Johnson. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. I hope he can call uh, uh, some of our games the rest of the way, but I think we're playing on NBA TV uh, tomorrow night. So no yeah. Gus Johnson then, but we can't, can't have every I mean, game. That's technically TNT. Um, with is with NBA TV, same guys, just okay. just just not their top guys. Okay, yeah, so still shot, still shot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Yeah. Okay. So uh, obviously, you know, we, we had uh, we only had one episode last week. Uh, we're gonna have two this week. Um, lots to get into two games uh, since our last show. So um, let's let's get it rolling here. Um, so since our last show, we when we express our concerns about playing the Toronto Raptors, um, and you know, we're two and zero. We've gone two and zero since then, uh, outscoring yeah. the Raptors by about thirty five points. Um, so what do you hear? What do you say? What do you, what are you guys seeing? And uh, how are you guys feeling about the um, about the series so far, Eric? Uh, feeling good. I mean, we, you know, uh, the alternative number one was to go win the basketball games, and that's what we did. Um, you know, you, you didn't get them kind of the way we expected and be to kind of go off, and hopefully James, you know, notation wanted him to score 25-plus points a game, and, you know, we wanted all of this stuff, and I thought he just had to be average, and other guys need to step up. The one thing that's exciting is, is like, it's coming different ways each game. Um, so, so to me, um, I didn't think, um, I thought Joel was dominant, but I didn't think he was like excessively dominant as far as scoring. And I don't think it's going to be like that because he's going to get so much attention, but the fact that other guys now we've been, you know, wanting Tobias to be that consistent guy with those other top players. And he's done that in the first two games, obviously Maxie's played, um, terrific, especially in game one. Um, scoring the basketball, and he's been shooting it well. So I think that collectively what we've shown is that when guys play well and we have a, a, a you know, great deal of guys playing well, that we can we can accomplish a lot of things and we can get out to those leads and, and, and maintain them, even though they made a little shaky there in, in game two. But I think that um, we did enough to win the game. We did enough to, to gain confidence going on on the road. Uh, we'll just have to maintain that um, consistency and effort um, once we get to Toronto. And who were you saying? Because I know uh, during the game last night, you were so psyched about Danny Green's dunk, of course, but you were just really excited about what Danny Green's done so far in the first two games. I want to make a – I want to, like, Photoshop a picture of, like, the Angels from Angels in the outfield when they pick up the guy to catch that that fly ball. I wanted <laughs> to do that with Danny dunking, man, because I was like, whoa – Danny, that's where you've been all season, man. You've been gearing up for that dunk. Um, I, I thought, I mean, I, I feel great. I, 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 it looks great. Um, we've had control. We had control pretty much of the whole game. I don't think when you watch them play, I don't think they were ever worried. Even when they were up like ten nothing, it was like, okay, let them have some fun in the beginning of the games. It was like, you know, uh, picking up the game when your little brother's beating you by a few points. That's what it almost felt like. Um, they look so poised. The defense looks, I think, maybe the best it's looked since. Harden's got there like the team defense has been amazing and I know people want to come at James for not scoring more than 14 points but no one talks about it. he had three steals and two blocks he's only done that like three three times this year so that was great dude Tobias Harris I mean I can't say I think I said something about his defense right as the commentary said about his defense his defense has been incredible man and, and he's switching on everybody he was guarding Van Fleet a lot and it wasn't even a switch they just he was just on him to start the play and I know Van Fleet's banged up and his knees a little gimpy, and I, I get that, but still, I mean, I would never think Tobias can stick on a one and a half leg Van Fleet. Um, he's shooting great too. On top of it, uh, he looks so comfortable now. Uh, it's been, I mean, he's gone through some bumps and bruises with Harden, but Harris looks so good. He's, I think, shooting six of eight this series, shooting forty percent since Harden came from three. Um, Embiid's unstoppable as usual. Maxi's. His like 20, 25 point games were like a bonus, but now I'm almost expecting them every time, which is going to disappoint me at some point or another because he's so young. He's not going to keep doing this, but 
I don't know. Maybe he will. Um, and B looks so focused. He looks like he looks like he, he looks like he already knows he lost the MVP race and he's taking it out on the Raptors is what it looks like. And I don't know as far as nurse complaining about calls. They de- I don't know what it seemed like to you guys, but it definitely seemed like nurse told them to pick up the physicality and to foul harder. So I don't know why he was expecting to get more calls or less calls on his team when you're telling your team to foul harder and more be more physical because they were fouling hard yesterday, which is fine. And beats a big boy. He can handle it. But I don't know why you're surprised by the fouls. And he seemed to get better every time they fouled him harder. So, I mean, that's okay. And I, I really think I really think we benefited. And I see, I, I've noticed this in the playoffs, period. A lot of the teams that weren't doing the whole, like, okay, you're out this game and you're out next game. We're going to keep doing this throughout the end of the season. We pretty much played except for the last game. We pretty much played through it. I feel like we're already kind of in playoff mode. And Toronto was one of those teams that was doing the you know musical chairs of, you know, you're out this game, you're out last game. And they're having a little trouble finding their footing and they are injured. But yeah, I just feel like we're, we're already at that level playing and we, we've already taken a step up. Eric, what, what did you think about the, the whole uh, exchange between Nick Nurse and uh, Embiid about the foul calls? What did you think about that? Is that, do do opposing players usually talk to coaches during the game and stuff? Does that may say something? I mean, but I think that's um, that's obviously more personal because you know Nurse has went public in saying it and complaining about it. Um, but usually, you know, the guys would say it in the press conference. But I guess the, the situation presented himself where he could say something to him. You direct, you know, usually you don't say anything to a coach um, unless it's like jokingly. Um, and I think it probably started out that way. Um, and then it probably got a little more serious than, you know, wasn't good. he wasn't going to do anything, but you know, I'm sure that some choice words over there, but at the end of the day, it's about winning the game. So um, they're going to do all that complaining because they're going to expect to get those calls in Toronto. Yeah. He's trying to set up for that. Definitely. Yes. Um, and the crazy thing is yesterday we had more turnovers than they did yet. We had 12 more fast break points. So their their injuries are mounting, and you can see we're just running them hard. Trent looks like a shell of a shell of what he was. I mean, yeah, I mean they they'll play well, they'll play better at home. Um, you know, this is, the question is going to be: Are we going to play better on the road? Um, because you you will get a more energetic team um, from Toronto. They will play harder. Um, they will they will shoot better. They're going to execute better. They're going to do all those things better. Trust me when I tell you this. Um, and they're going to have the crowd behind them. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's what I think, you know, the MVP is going to have to perform. I think James is going to have to perform. I think it's going to have to be those two guys because the one thing that those two guys do, um, even if you look at Tobias and Maxi, who, who's been playing well and had great games, they don't command the amount of attention that the other two command. Um, so when you get into a situation like a hostile environment on the road, it's how many easy baskets, how many good looks can you get? Those guys creating easier opportunities for teammates and taking care of the ball is going to dictate a lot. But if they're double teaming us and guys are playing in crowds and we're turning the ball over and we're not getting clean, crisp passes and clean shots, they're going to make those shots on the other end. They're going to finish on the other hand. They're going to run better in transition. They're going to offensive rebound better. 
at home because the energy is going to be better. The crowds will be better. So it's and if they're on the run and all of a sudden they're having a lead and we haven't been down really much big and late in this series and they're in these games, um, you got to be aware of that. And that's where, you know, I will not be in there, even though he hasn't really played as much, but you're going to need more bodies, more defenders and uh, more role players to, to play a level up because, you know, if, if we're saying that we're beating them because Maxi and Tobias, your third and fourth option, are exceeding expectations, um, you know, most likely they average out. So in order for them to average out, probably got to be a below average, you know, um, going on the road. Yeah, Eric, what did you think of um, James' uh, game yesterday? I know uh, I was watching first take earlier. Stephen A. Smith said, oh, that kind of effort, only nine shots, that, 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 that's going to get you swept by Miami in the next round. I mean, what, what did you think of his game collectively yesterday? Yeah, I don't, I don't think that it's – to me, and, I, and I've said this to you all before, is it nine shots or not having the ball in his hands? Because he has the ball a lot, mm. but he's only taking nine shots. So I would be more concerned if James is shying away from the basketball and not making plays, and all of a sudden he's a wing guy that's just standing around and Maxie has the ball a lot, or Joel has the ball and he's just standing there. But if he's making plays and he's actually driving, he's, he can still get to the free throw line eight to ten times, take nine shots, like that's still having the ball in your hands a lot. Yeah. So I, I'm not concerned with the – I mean, even though I would like to see him shoot a little more and shoot better, but my concern is if he's shying away from that basketball because if he doesn't have the ball, he's not getting to the line. He's not making plays. He's not creating double teams and and getting easier baskets or offensive rebound opportunities for the team. Yeah, TJ, you were were saying how on the show you said before um, that that as he gets older, Harden gets older, he's going to need him to have more of a Chris Paul kind of game. And last night, kind of, it kind of looked like a Chris Paul kind of game. What, what, Chris Paulish. It, it wasn't even a great Chris Paulish. It was like below average Chris Paulish. But I mean, it was. Yeah, I mean, we were talking to a friend of ours who was, you know, he comes from more of a casual Sixer fan side, and he was saying, "Oh, he, he saying the same thing." Stephen A. said, "You need more." What do you mean you need more? Like we won yeah. by, we were up by an average of twenty-seven. How can you say? We I'm just that's what I'm saying. So when you need more, what what? What do you need more of? Yeah, I mean, like, what, what is it that you need more of? I don't want him holding the ball for twenty seconds, and that gets rid of all the games that everyone else yeah, has. So that's what I'm saying. Like more. people say, you need more from a guy when you won by twenty. Yeah, like, I don't, I don't, I don't get, get that. I don't understand. I've, if it's a, we lose the game, or if it's a close game, and yeah, I need more. But how, how do you say you need more from a guy you won by twenty points? Like, and you're up twenty majority of the second half. Do you because no. then if he goes out and he went by 20, and he's shooting all the time. Then you're going to say he's chasing stats. Like, what? you can't have it both ways. Like, which way is it? Is it about winning or is it about a guy having to go out and get all these stats so y'all can say he played great? I think people are having a hard time figuring out, and this is just me speculating, I think people are having a hard time figuring out if he can still do old Houston Harden stuff, you know, but I, I think, and I agree with you. I think that people are looking at him expecting that. Yeah. But he never had Joel. Yeah. He never had Joel. He never had, you know, I mean, didn't we have Maxi either? He didn't have, he didn't just, have, I, but he, I mean, he had guys that, that can do what Maxi's done. Like, he, he had, had complimentary that type of players. Guy. So, I mean, he had Chris Paul, Russell Westbrook. He had guys that can go out and get 30. 
Yeah. Um, so th- he had perimeter guys that could do that. He didn't have a guy that made him the second option. That he didn't hasn't had since he played for Oklahoma City. Yeah, because all of his Houston compliments. I mean, even Chris he was Paul, the number one option, and he had the ball. They were kind of redundant. Yeah, like so, they have very re- similar skill set. So you you're expecting him to, um, to do what he did in Houston, but forgetting that he also went to Brooklyn first, and he yeah. didn't do it there. No, no, he didn't. I, so yeah. he didn't do it there, but now you're expecting it here. Like I, I, I think it's just with James. I think with most people, it's just totally personal. Yeah. It's just how you feel about him, what you think about him, what he needs to do. It's all about it's 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 not that they may not just they may dislike him. It's just that what they think he should be doing, they just firm in on that, but We're not so used really to not really looking at how it fits into the dynamic of the team. Yeah. I don't think yeah. they really watch the team enough or digest the team enough to say that that wouldn't work or that's not necessary for this particular team. Now I do think there's instances. And there will be there will be some games where James is going to have to take over, and he's had to go. He's going to have to go get thirty for us to win. But I don't think that's an every game thing. And it shouldn't have to be. That's why he wanted to yes. come to a team with him. Yes, like so that's that's why he'll have a fourteen point game, and then the it's funny game the other. T- so that's that's how it's going to be when you're not the number one option. It's funny. I bet you the same people complaining that he's not doing James stuff now are the same people complaining. When he was putting up 40 in Houston, not winning. Well, that's not enough. You need to get other people involved. Same people. Okay. Well, now he's averaging he, – he is averaging – he has the most assists in the playoffs by like seven, I think, five or seven. So it's like he's a distributor. He's he's evolving. He's changing his game, and you can't do that forever. I think we've seen all these great players. You have to transition. We're watching his transition to what he's going to be for the next couple of years and few years. Like – he can't. That's not sustainable. We we saw it's not sustainable. It maybe it is, but you're not going to win anything. Yeah, I mean, you're be like dude, Kobe putting up 50 shots a game with you know winning 30 games a season at the end of his career. It's like that. That's not. He has to adapt and he has to become like a point guard, right? Yeah, I, just, I mean, I, I just think that majority of the the folk that feel that way about James has questioned, <clears throat> you know, him and playing his style before. Um, and they just now it's just first it was he couldn't win it in Houston and he just chasing stats and putting putting up numbers and well he went to Brooklyn oh he has no excuse now they should win and we all see how that went um, and those guys really never played together so now when he comes here we put an expectation on him that we wouldn't even that we didn't even put on the guy the expectation that the guy he got traded for didn't even have that expectation yeah yeah. See, you know what I'm saying? So, so now you put the expectation on him to say he's there and he has no excuse to do something that he and Joel Embiid has never done. Yeah, if Ben was averaging 22 and 12, we'd be we'd be wanting him nominated for MVP. Are you kidding me? So, so <laughs> you know, I'm just like that, they, that's what they've never done. Like James has technically been to the um, NBA Finals. Yeah. He's been there. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. Um, so, Joel has it. You know, our team yeah. has it in, in, you know, 21 years. But so now we're saying that this guy, since he's came, since he's 
arrived in February or March or whenever it was that he needs to lead us to the promised land and he needs to play um, better than everybody in the league. And, and if he doesn't score 30 points a game and dominate, then, you know, it's his fault. I just, yeah, I just think I it's just, crazy. I mean, I just think that's crazy. It's a winning formula. It, it, it's, it's winning right now. So I'm not going to, yeah, I, I, I think you got to win the game. Yeah. Let's, let's criticize James. If it, and to me, it'll be clear. It'll be very clear if we don't win a game and he's not playing to the, maybe his potential. I, I think it'll be very clear. Um, yeah. It won't be one of those things where you're trying to, oh, I think you're picking on it. No, I think it'll be clear. Cause the one thing that's been pretty evident about James Harden in his career is you can kind of see when, when he hasn't played well, it's been pretty obvious. He don't really have those games where it's, he put up these great numbers and you'll be like, man, he, he was, you know, and then you kind of question things that he's doing. I think it's like, and that's where it was almost like no gray area with him. He's been, he was great or he wasn't, you know, it wasn't great. A home run or a strikeout. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. I think that now he's sort of in that gray area and people just don't really know how to react. You have some people that watch a lot and be like, hey, you know, he's great. He's doing everything he needs to do to help us win. You have those people that, no, I like the home runs and that's what we need to be. He's a home run hitter. That's He need to stay there. So I just think it's, I think he's in a tough situation. Um, and great players perfect. know themselves well, yes. right? So yeah. he knows what he's capable of doing on a night-to-night basis, and maybe that's why he wanted to come to a team with Embiid, or he was finally like, you know what, I, I don't want to – I can't do the 40 every night. I, I just, he, he, it's not that he can't do it anymore. Like, let's, let's look at his last three or four or five years. The playoffs, he's kind of worn, worn out. out. Yeah, yeah. It's just that's on public. That's on that's on record, right? Yeah. Not from a talent standpoint, just from the low. Mm-hmm. Um. So good for him for realizing that. A yeah, lot of guys. I mean, I think okay that. Yeah, I think I, I personally think he realized that, and I yeah. think that he, he in the situation where he's you know he's also comfortable with the, the general manager that's there. Yep. Um. So I just think he wanted a situation that like like of. All of us do. Want to be in a situation that's good for you. Yeah. And I don't think that, you know, not that I think it will affect the team. I think it could affect James if if he lets it, all the exterior stuff start all of a sudden creeping in. But I've said it to you all before when everybody was talking about who has the most pressure that I I, I didn't say him. Like, because I don't, I don't think it's necessary for him to be that kind of the old James Harden for us to win. Yeah. I don't think that's realistic. What, well, what, if, what, he, if he is, forget about Max. He having 20 That's points. what I'm saying. So if he's doing that, the, Tobias and Max here is not going to be doing what they're doing. Oh, no, they didn't even shoot that much anyway. I think Tobias is not going to be possible. It's not going to be possible. If they shoot 80%, before. maybe. And that's not going to happen. Like the, with the, especially with the limited position, uh, possessions. It's it's not going to be possible for so you we can't we we praise him Maxi but then saying James got to do more you can't it's not yeah. and Joel it's not possible in the playoffs just as long I think I think we said this weeks ago as long as Embiid gets his what thirty plus someone else I don't care who it is someone else gets like twenty five 
The other guy gets like 20, and the other guy gets like 18. If those guys do that between those four, I don't. it doesn't matter who it is, really. Like That's the thing. You like, give yourself a chance to win. Hard one day, Maxie one day. If Maxie's yes. feeling it, Hard's not going to jack up 20 shots. It'd be irresponsible of him to do that. Let him have it. He's got him tonight. Like, they can't guard him, obviously. Why would he no. – he's shooting three for nine. Why would he go five of 15? Why? What's the point? Like, what for what? Well, I, I mean, I, I think the the other thing that we, we haven't really hit on um, this is going to dictate a lot is – you come in, you know that you know Toronto is going to double, and then and they've been consistent with that on Joel, mm-hmm. yep. double and sometimes triple, um, and they're doing it early, trying to mix it up on the catch, on the pass, on the dribble. I mean, they're trying to give him different looks from the baseline, from a certain guy, uh, leaving the furthest guy away and open. Um, they've they've tried it all. Um, when you have that, and you have that situation. From a coaching standpoint, from a point guard standpoint, you, you know they're going to double him. So it's about getting him the ball, try to get him the ball in position for him to make a play before it comes. But it also getting him the basketball and letting him basically let the offense run through him and finding open guys or swing, swing shot. And if that's the case and he's making the, the offense easier because he's getting and that's what it's all about. How can you get the best shot at the easiest look? Is creating double teams, create putting the defense at a disadvantage. Mm-hmm. And that's what you're doing when you do that. But while doing that, you're also telling James Harden, you're going to have to do less because if the ball is running the, the ball in the office is running through Joel, that means James doesn't have it, and they're not going to leave him wide open. Mm-hmm. So so some of his the things that he's going to be asked to do will be limited. If that's how they're playing Joel. Yeah. Because they they double Joel, they're not going to leave James Harden open. No. Even though we've talked about he's not really a catch-and-shoot guy, they're still not going to leave him open. I saw yesterday where the um, they they were still – they were about to double uh, Embiid. Um, Harden's man stuck on Harden. Green was too close to Embiid, so his man went right to Embiid. Then Green was like, oh, shit. He peeled off and went back, and the dude had to go with Green because you can't leave him open either. So it's like – we have a good enough team to create that mismatch and create that problem for him as soon as possible. Like, do it. And Joel's so good now off the double triple teams now. He's not what he was three years ago even. So he's more patient. I'm, yeah, and I'm, I personally think the whole – I think this team would have gave us a lot more problem than two or three years ago. I think Joel's too good for the whole throw a couple of guys at him thing now. I think he's – you need, like, a great defender and then another double. So – I don't think the whole Boucher and and, and Birch are gonna. I don't think that's gonna work for them. I think they're yeah, gonna. Yeah, because it's you know you had when they had Gasol, mm-hmm. and you have size. Yeah, you have size and strength that can somewhat hold him, um, his position. You know, keep him off the block a little bit. Exactly. So now he don't he didn't get as many deep posts position. Mm-hmm. So you get that deep post position. I mean, the best the best offense I've seen from a big guy um, was Shaquille O'Neal. And it was a post up. They come and double, throw it back out, repost. Mm-hmm. Because on the repost, he could dig you all the way underneath the basket, and the double team couldn't get back there. Because the rules were different then. So you had to, if you went to double, once he passed it out, you had to cleanse yourself. So you had to go all the way back out the lane. You couldn't just stand, but now you could just, two guys can stand beside a guy without the ball. But you couldn't do that then. So that was the best offense I had seen. The re, you know, post up, throw it back out, repost. 
um, you may have to do some of that. I mean, because I think that'll kind of confuse guys as well. Poor Dikembe, man, with those those turnaround elbows, man. Poor Dikembe. Yeah. That was... <laughs> <laughs> there was some blows, man. I remember, I, mean, I was like, oh, gosh. I mean, but, you know. That's why Shaq elbow, was making him beat Dikembe gave us some elbows like, in practice, too, so. <laughs> What's that? So Dikembe gave us some elbows in practice, so. Uh, yeah, I bet. Yeah, he was taking it out on you guys, probably. <laughs> but, yeah, that was um, that was tough. Shaq was a um, uh, pretty tough cover. Yeah, and that's why Shaq was getting Embiid's side with the whole foul call disputes uh, yesterday. He's right away. He was like, "Come on!" And he's like, "He's like, he's right." Stop, stop bitching about it. Like it's, it's, you know, I mean, Toronto can't expect to get the same foul calls. I don't know how fans. I know I get it. You know, Raptor fans are biased, but you don't have him. <laughs> you can't. The refs aren't just going to call equal fouls to make it look good on numbers. Like he, you, they, we have a guy who you can't stop, and you're going to have to foul. They have a bunch of jump shooters who are hurt. I mean, like that, that's it. Yeah, they're, they're they're playing. Um, obviously, they have to play with more push and force, and that aggression is showing. So if you know if Joel makes a good move, and all of a sudden the guys that force and he's pushing, and all of a sudden it's a foul. Um, and that's where I think when we on the road, we got to be careful because I'm saying, like, all those. Those, yeah, those calls and all of a sudden that, that aggression, that force is, is not that it will be used against us. It's just that if they have momentum and the, and the game is going their way, um, it could change pretty quick. I mean, I just I'll be very surprised to hear Nick Nurse complain about fouls the next two games. I'll be very surprised. I just think. It you know the nature of the game it just kind of adjusts and uh, adapt and, and and guys play better at home. I mean they they really do as yeah. far as not necessarily the plan but the energy level. It's just different at home. It, these guys just don't get as shook up or as rattled. But for our sake, I hope we can go up there and and and, and get it over with. You know, just starting with game three. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see if uh, Scotty Barnes plays, which I, I don't know. He's, he was in the walking boot yesterday, so I don't know if he's going to play tomorrow. Um, and Trent only played like like 10 minutes that game uh, mm-hmm. last night, so I don't know if he's going to play either. So if Thaddeus Young, he, he toughed it out and played. So they've still got guys who are on the cusp of playing or not playing still. Um, it's, easy, it's, 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 it's easier to get um, whatever therapy you need and whatever you need to help you feel better at home than it is on the road. Ah, I gotcha. That's true too. What goes into uh, like as a player, uh, Eric? What goes into factoring the decision to play injured? Like when you're, uh, is it better to be like sixty percent tonight, and then like, yeah, I probably won't be able to get you know much better for the next games I play tonight, or to not play tonight and hopefully be at eighty percent for Wednesday? You know, yeah, what I mean, I, mean I, I think most guys, you, you just kind of look at their game. Like my game, when I play. With, and then you look at Allen Iverson, our games are totally different like, as far as what we did. Um, so I could probably play at 80% and be somewhat close to where I need to be. But Allen Iverson, all the things that he was asked to do, that's asking for a lot. Yeah. Um, even though he played at 80% a lot, I'm just saying but that's still asking for a lot for, for what he was asked to do and all the running and everything that he was asked to do. I just think from a, from a player standpoint, you, you want to play. Um, do you feel like you playing can help or hurt the team? And that's really comes down to the coaching decision. Um, because some coaches, you know, I was told my 75% when I was injured was better 
gave us a better chance than somebody else coming in behind me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I was told <laughs> by Larry Brown because of he knew <laughs> that I could still do some of the things that he expected as far as running team, putting guys in place, um, you know, def- still being able to defend and do the things that I was asked to do. Um, I think it really comes down to that. I just think if, if, if you are able to play, um, you know, and, and go out and do something positive, because majority of guys, um, when they have injuries, when you get out there and play, you end up performing better than you probably thought you could have from an injury standpoint. Um, but I think it comes down to putting yourself in position. If you know you can go out there, and my guys know if you can run or cut, and like you kind of know if you could do it. Um, and, and that's why a lot of people are game time decisions because you really have to go out there and try it right before the game to really know. Yeah. But then it's going to be up to the coach also who gives you the okay. It's up to the player to decide, hey, I can go. Uh, as long as trainers and doctors have said it's really his tolerance and the players say I can go, then it's really up to the coach on whether his 60, 70, or 80% is yeah. helping the team or it's hurting the team. Because you don't want to, you don't want the, you don't want the player um, to be in the position to where his injury is 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 not really good for him, and it's not good for the yeah. team if that's happening. I guess it's another factor too. Can the injury get worse with you playing tonight? Also, yeah, and that's the doctor's call. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like the doctors will have to let you know usually ahead of time. There's there's no further damage. It's just how much can you tolerate? Pain tolerance, yeah. Or if you play, you're going to risk this. You can play, but you're risking this. Mm-hmm. And that's where, you know, doctors come in and give you that expert opinion, medical opinion, and then it's up to you to ultimately play. Um, but I, and I've seen guys be declared able to play and said, no, I can't do it. <laughs> so I've seen it both ways. Interesting. Um, you know, I've seen guys that medically and coaches be mad because the player like, no, I can't play. But they said you were good. I can't do it. with Zion. Same thing. Zion's having yeah. him right now. So it's I've seen it both ways. Yeah. So Larry, Larry Brown wasn't ready to hand over the reins to Kevin Ollie in the playoffs, huh? Well, I mean, I was told that you know I couldn't, you know, I was playing with a broken ankle, and and what we did was that's when I went to being a reserved because my minutes were restricted, but Coach Brown wanted me to finish the games and finish the halves. Mm-hmm, yeah. So I went out the lineup so I could finish the games instead of just starting the game. So that that was the – I mean, I basically played the same amount of minutes, uh, a little bit less, but I just finished instead of starting. I think that's kind of what they're doing with Curry right now. They're kind of letting him finish each a quarter and a half at the end of the game, too, so they can have him to close it out. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I, wouldn't, I don't think I was doing what Steph Curry was doing. But. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> From a minute standpoint, yeah, I get it. <laughs> yeah. No, well, yeah, the, the, the way they're structuring his minutes, I mean. Yeah. I'll, I'll take your defense on one ankle than uh, Steph's uh, on uh, two, two, two clean ankles. <laughs> true. <laughs> that's, that's very true. <laughs> Tons of people take multivitamins, but it's important to choose one that is top quality. With one delicious scoop of athletic greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to start your day right. Their special blend of ingredients supports gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, energy, recovery, focus, and aging. It's also lifestyle friendly and fits a wide range of diets. 
There's only one gram of sugar and no chemicals or artificial anything. Reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash believe. That's B-L-E-A-V. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash believe. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. These products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Athletic Greens, take ownership of your health. Paying off a debt can be very stressful, especially when you're keeping track of multiple monthly payment dates. If you're done with balancing all these different due dates, narrowing your debts down with a personal loan could be your answer. This will make things go much smoother with one due date a month, and Credit Karma can help you find the best option for you. Comparing loan offers on Credit Karma is 100% free. It won't affect your credit scores and could even save you money in the process. Ready to apply? Head to creditkarma.com slash loan offers to see personalized offers. Again, that's creditkarma.com slash loan offers to find the loan for you. That's creditkarma.com slash loan offers. Credit Karma, apply with more confidence today. But you, you mentioned Allen Iverson, and on Saturday when Tyrese Maxey went into the stadium, he was wearing an Allen Iverson jersey going into a, a career performance. Um, and everyone, a lot of people who were casual NBA fans didn't, probably didn't know who Tyrese Maxey was. They all know who Tyrese Maxey is now, and a, a playoff star was born in Tyrese Maxey. Um, and this is the question. This is kind of a fun question. I saw Kendrick Perkins tweet it uh, after the game, saying the race of big three now in Philadelphia with Tyrese Maxey, Harden, and Embiid. Um so that, that's my question. Do we have a big three in Philadelphia? And is Tyrex Maxey, as of right now, our second best player on the Sixers? Uh, we don't have a big three. No. Let's, let's not put that um, expectation and pressure on um, Maxey because <clears throat> we see all the issues that – not a number of the issues, but we see all the expectations that, that are we're putting on James. Now, I, I just I, – I don't, I don't see it. I just see you have a young fella that's um, – in the first two games, especially the first game, has exceeded um, maybe his level of where he is right now. I don't think he's a 30-point scorer. Um, I'm not even sure if he's a consistent 20-point scorer yet because I haven't seen enough body of work. But I do know that he's a guy that that, that has gotten a lot better, that plays hard. Um, you can tell he loves the, the, the game of basketball. He's put in work, and he's going to continue to get better. So I, I would I'm not I don't get into this big three star. This he's a guy that's playing well, um, and he has helped his team a, a great deal uh, when he got the opportunity to play the game. So I, I'm not so so if you want me to ask answer, I'm saying no. We don't have a big three because um, if, if that was the case, if you look at the season, you know, throughout the season, Tobias Harris is like. What he's done and what he did last year, we never really said he never put him in the big three. Poor, poor Toby. So, you know what I'm saying? So I, I don't, I can't, you know, if you're talking about a big three and putting somebody in says big three, we got to talk longevity, you know, a season, uh, a few years um, before you do that. You call it the, uh, the medium four. with. <laughs> I just think he's a really solid player. I just I'm not getting into this, you know, because that's just going, um, you know, put all these expectations on this. This not warranted. I mean, because you know, the, the nature of the playoffs that 12, 14 point game is coming. 
Yeah, because you don't want him to tighten up. <laughs> part of um, Maxie's the, the good part about his game is he plays so loose, like like it's a preseason game. He doesn't care, so you don't want him to think about that stuff and tighten up and think about the expectations. What well, do I, I mean? Need? He's he, the point of emphasis on how you're going to play him is going to change. I believe that Toronto was sort of like, uh, going to let him kind of roam and get his a little bit. The point of emphasis for him will change. They will make an adjustment on him. Um, and, and how well he handles that adjustment, we will see. Um, because it's going to be easier to get – it's going to be harder to get those those baskets that he's been getting. Um, and you can tell he's in the rhythm because, you you know, it's late in the game and they're kind of making a run and he gets a steal and he just pulls up for a three. Um, <laughs> see, that's a rhythm because it wasn't necessarily a great shot, but he's knocking it down. Yeah. Um, so – if things aren't going well and that rhythm isn't there, you know, how do you handle that? And that's where I say you got to see more as for before we, you know, even say he's the second best player on the team. Um, because, you know, it's sometimes it's what people are asked to do that warrants that. And I think for him and, you know, I've seen guys start a lot, start the playoffs off hot, teams make adjustments. Then, they, like I said, they kind of average out. It's not that they're not playing playing well. It's just that the, the situations has changed. Maybe they 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 adjusted how they may adjust how they're going to play Joel. That that could dictate a lot about who's going to get shots, who's going to make shots. Yeah, um, they'll be a better transition defense team. They'll they'll, they'll, they'll everything's going to go better, and people are going to make adjustments from game to game. Um, but, you know, for Maxie's case and for our case, I would love for him to continue to put up 25 to 30 points a game. I just don't think that's likely. Must be so deflating for a team to go in thinking you have a good game plan for Joel and thinking you can – you have the keys to the, – the key to the game to take down Harden. And then you got this Maxie guy flying at you like a bat out of hell, scoring 36 and 20 and – twenty. what do you have, 28 and 9 last night? I mean, that's just – 2389. So so that wasn't expected. That's yeah, what I'm so so like, like, oh totally like, yo, what what? So if you from a staff standpoint, they're like, okay, well, we gotta <laughs> create something for yes. this. But that's a beauty of our team, adjustment right? here. So the adjustment may be um who's defending him. You don't we don't know. They may put yeah. a bigger guy on him, they may put somebody different on him. You just you know, you but you but the adjustment will be made. Um, I just think for for him, the interesting thing is that when you make adjustments, it's it's kind of hard on what you can do because he's not really getting calls. No stats. You know what I'm saying? It's not like coming down and running this play for him. Yeah. He's getting his just by being there. Yep. And, and those that, that's the case where it's it's kind of hard to kind of stop it. And I think the way you can kind of adjust the maxi is to not double as much or, you know, do something different. And that's why I'm saying like, we'll, we'll be, it's, we got to watch the games, yeah. but it's going to be different as far as how they plan them. So it's, they going to mix some things up and we'll see. It's um, and that's why it's good for us to have that, you know, it doesn't have to be hard to score 25 or Harris. It's just mm-hmm. these four need to give us this. So if they're going to keen on Maxi one game, all right, Harden, 
Well, you have, you know, uh, their their third best defender on you. Now you maybe need to score a little more today. Or Harris, time to dominate your one-on-one matchup today because Maxie's, they're giving a lot more attention in tonight. They're playing them well. So we have the luxury of having, you know, I wouldn't say a big three. If you are going to do a big three, you do you do Embiid hard and then like 3A, 3B, uh, Maxie and, 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 and Tobias. Um, but we have the luxury of having four guys who can score more than 20 games. Um, not you know, not consistently, but like you know, who can who can do it or are capable of it? Yeah, you know, capable of going thirty. Actually, all four guys. So that's and and that's a tough thing to transition to. Not a lot of teams have that. Not a lot of teams can do that. Like, I, I mean, I don't know if I can count with my hands uh, how many teams can actually have four guys who can put up thirty in a game. Yeah. Um, and that's probably why Harden's like, man, I'm not shooting twenty shots. Like, this isn't Houston. Like, I, I don't need. Uh, back then, I was relying on you know Covington to get me twenty. Like, I don't. I don't need to do that anymore. I have a. I have a team full of guys who can put up shots and like dominate their one-on-one matchups, man. I mean, yeah, but as far as Maxi goes, I mean, I saw, I think he's, uh, I saw a stat. He's one of two players at age 21 to put up like the combined 60 points, uh, him and LeBron um, in two straight a playoff game. So, I mean, he's an elite company. He looks amazing. Just no expectations. Keep doing what you're doing. That floater is, man, when he's going a thousand miles per hour and just stops and slows down and just does that slow, it's so hard to stop because he's so skilled around the rim with his reverse and with his layup. It, it's your game planning for him to go all the way there. So when he stops and slows down, just as a floater, it's so hard to guard. It's just, it's, it's, I mean, you got these guys because Van Fleet, I mean, he's injured. The Van Fleet was getting uh, DPOY uh, votes. So he, I mean, he was getting uh, – he's a good defensive player, and Toronto is not a bad defensive team. They're a really good team defensive team, and Nurse is a great game planner. So, yeah, but know, they've, been, they've, been, they've been exposed. Yeah. Been exposed 100%. from the standpoint of it's, it's, it's different when you have to play a team in the playoffs and everybody's schedule is the same. Every night. It's not – they've played they, – we're on the – they're on the back-to-back, and we haven't played in three days – it's everybody's schedule is the same. So you got yep. the same amount of rest, everything, you know, you're going out and all of a sudden, and then you know them, they know you, this is what they're going to do. They don't have any size. We're going to make them eat down low. Yep. So that's when you start doing that and they know it's coming. So their thing is we got to double him. We got to take the ball out of his hands. We got to make him go this way. You got to make him go that way. We got to do all of this game planning. And we got James Hart. We want to try to make him go right. Try to make him play in the crowd. Uh, he's not going to take mid-range shots when he's a three. Press up, don't foul the jump shoot. Like all of that things that you want to do, and that's so that's you hearing all that information for those two guys, and then you get down to Tyrese Maxey is okay. We well, don't give him open shots. Keep my pain. Yeah, but that's hard to say when you're exposing your defense from putting so much attention on one guy and then another guy. So now he's finding those gaps. He's being aggressive. He's getting out in transition. So now guys are getting frustrated. He's still doubling the guy that really at one point probably only had eight points. You're still doubling them. And the guy over here has 20 because you're doubling the guy with eight points. And only two games or two days <laughs> in between. So, or day in between. So they hadn't really been playing like that. So it's different. Yeah. Um, so I think that, you know, you, you'll see coaches make adjustments. You'll see players from a player standpoint like, yo, man, we got, you know, you kind of talk it out. You get back at home, expect a different team. Hopefully we still win, but expect a different team. Not having Thibel out there is actually it's, – it's another option you can't leave open. 
you know, because with Danny Green out there instead of Thibel, that I mean, usually when, during the season, t- teams were kind of like saying it off of Yeah, yeah. true. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you can adjust with that. You just make him the cutter, but you can you can still make an adjustment for that. Um, but I get what you're saying. Yeah, they would play off him, but I mean, they were leaving shape shape open. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I mean they're going to choose somebody. That's why I say sometimes I don't even think it was really shake. I think it was just the furthest guy away. Mm-hmm. Whoever was the furthest guy away, I think they were leaving to make it. So that's like two passes, or but when you leave the furthest guy away. Joel was so much bigger than everybody, and he was still able to make a direct pass. When you leave the furthest guy away, you want to take away a direct pass and make it two passes to get to that guy so the rotation can get to him. And that's where I think that maybe they'll make an adjustment like that. Like that's you can't you can't double and then leave a guy wide open and allow the double the guy that's getting doubled to make a direct pass to that guy. That's what you that's what you have to be able to eliminate. That it has to be two passes out of a double. Yeah. But, We'll see. Like that, those are things that trust me uh, is going to be discussed. Now, whether they can get us in to play like that, I hope not. But it will be discussed, and and, and they will be better. Yeah, yeah it'll, it'll be interesting to see because uh, this is, I, I, in many ways, this is a must-win game for them. And we're gonna take oh, that yeah. to yeah. our final our final topic, our picks uh, segment. Uh, so we faced uh, Toronto in Toronto without Matisse Thibel, um, which. I mean, not really. We're seeing less minutes out of him. It's really not, I'm not really noticing much difference um, defensively, at least. Uh, but we're a two. We opened up as a two point favorite. I believe right now it's one. We're a one and a half point favorite at Toronto, um, and this is a must win game for Toronto. Um, who do you guys have, and why uh, tomorrow night? Go ahead, Tage. Uh I like that we opened up a two point favorite. That's telling me that they want people to jump on Toronto being given two points. It's their backs are against the wall. They've been a good home team. Last time they played at home, they beat us. Um, I think that bodes well. I was happy to see that line. I was like, okay, that actually makes me feel better about our chances. Um, I'm taking us by five. I think it'll be closer. I think, uh, I think they are going to kind of jump to a lead. I think they're going to have a lot of energy. They're going to come out really hard. And I don't know if it's this game or the next game we're going to have, I wouldn't say a lazy game, but we're going to be a little more complacent at some point in the next two games. I think we're just due. We're, we're shooting at a really high efficiency. Uh, Tobias is shooting like 70 or 80%. Maxi's missed like three shots last game. I, I just think we're, we you can't sustain that the whole series. So I think we're going to have somewhat of a letdown, but I still think we pull away and not pull away, but pull it out in the end. Um, and Matisse only played 10 minutes yesterday. So it's crazy, man. It, it's, it's, I, the whole playing Toronto thing may have actually been a good thing in a certain way because it actually gave uh, Danny a, a really a much bigger role in, a, in the team. And he's playing great, man. I mean, we saved his legs for this and I'm, I'm so happy for it. Danny looks uh, Danny looks fantastic. And, uh, you know, playoff Danny is what we need. So, um, yeah, I don't think losing Matisse is as big of a deal. It will be a big deal because. They're not going to – Toronto is not going to look – we're expecting Toronto to look the way they looked in Philly and Toronto, and they're not, like you said. So, um, it is going to be missing Matisse, but I, I still think we pull it out in the end by about five. Eric? I hope we win. I hope we win. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I hope we win. I, I If I'm going by my gut right now, I, I don't have a good feeling about it. Um, I just think things have been going our way, and – Playoff basketball, it kind of like 
you know, until a, you win the game on the road. Not that we need to win the game on the road, but I think that's when you really like put the fork in them. If we can go in there and win the game on the road, but I think that um, they still they they feel they still have life. If they win all their home games in one road game, they they can still win the series. So I I think it's going to be extremely tough. I just hope that we don't get down big. I think if that's the case, then we can get to the end of the game and we can win it. Um, I think it'll be really close. Um, if as long as we don't have that huge deficit, then we can we can pull it out in the end. But I do think it's going to be a really close game. I'm calling two early fouls on Embiid. Is what I'm calling on Embiid. I bet you, yeah. I bet you they get him into foul trouble. I think that's going to be their goal: get him the hell out of the game. Attack I, I, I would say he'll have how he'll have three. And sometime in the second quarter, we'll have to take him out in the second quarter. Yeah, I bet you that happens. So he won't play towards the end of the second quarter. I, I see that happening, but I don't. I'm gonna go against the early two, uh, but I will go with the three. But you think he'll be in foul trouble in the first? In half. foul trouble in the first yeah. half. The way yeah, he'll have to miss some time late in the second quarter. Yeah, that's gonna level the that'll level the playing field real yeah. quick. I definitely see that because I think they'll be more aggressive with him. I think they'll be more aggressive attacking them. Defensive, mm-hmm. yeah. So, uh, do you? So, I think both you guys, if I remember correctly, both you guys had uh, seven game series. Uh, do you think if we win tomorrow night, it's uh, going to be a sweep? I would say five, five. And yeah, I think they'll win. Night. If they lose tomorrow, I think they'll win game four. Um, but they're bad. I mean, they look, they look pretty def- pretty defeated on the bench. I mean, granted, they were down by twenty five. You shouldn't look like you're winning, but. They look pretty. They look pretty down, man. Like that. One well, win can change all that. That's true. It's true. And yeah. Toronto. Yes. They have a good. They have a good home floor. They have a good crowd yes. behind them. And Drake will be there too. So that just adds. Oh uh, yeah. Adds, <laughs> I wonder if we bring. I wonder if Meek will go to the game. We'll have. We'll have, our, we'll have Meek and we'll have Drake. <laughs> hey, like we like we said though, it will be really nice to beat them at Toronto though, right? After yeah. after the the Kawhi bounce, that'd be really really nice. But no game winning shot, just a blow two blowouts would be nice. No, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, fellas. Well, that does it for us, guys. Thanks for tuning in to Believe in 76ers, presented by Bet Online. We'll see you guys Friday as we recap this game and then preview game four, hopefully close it with the, the closeout game, the, the, the sweep game. But uh, we'll see you guys Friday. Cross your fingers. All right, thank you. Later, guys. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.